Hey everyone, this is Chad Harms, and you're listening to Testimony, a podcast telling the stories of how and why people became Christians. On today's episode, you'll hear Dave Ebert talk about the overlap of faith, leadership, and comedy. You'll also find out who his favorite Christian comedians are. At the end of this episode, you'll hear a testimony that was submitted to me by a woman named Tracy. In it, she talks about the dangers of feeling good enough for eternity and realizing that everyone needed a savior meant she needed a savior. You don't want to miss it, so stay to the end to hear it. I'd love to read your testimony. You can share it with me by going to testimonypodcast.com and filling out the form. I'll read some of those stories on the show. You can also use that form to give me ideas for whose testimony I should share on the podcast. I'd love to hear about whose testimony you think I should share. Before today's episode plays, I want to make clear that it is a bonus episode. It is meant to be listened to in conjunction with the full episode telling the story of how and why Dave became a Christian. If you haven't already listened to that story, pause this one and do that now. It is a great story of God working through depression, a turn in the road, and an old-fashioned track. By the way, every month I produce two episodes. A full episode sharing the testimony of that month's guest, and a shorter bonus episode with more content from the same guest. I don't want you to miss any of it, so make sure to subscribe. Next month's episode is with Jerry Duggan. Jerry is the host of a podcast called Beyond the Rut. Long before that, he was a medic in the army. His story is incredible. It involves a minefield, a miracle at church, and a prayer of desperation that God said yes to. Here's a clip from that episode, which will come out on August 3rd. So they, they kind of lighten up a bit and they finish getting ready and I'm getting ready and I'm looking at my gear and at some point it just sort of hit me. We're expecting like 20 to 30% casualties once we hit Baghdad. I'm in the job field in the army that has the most posthumously awarded medals than any other branch in the army. I don't think I'm coming back from this. And I write like a farewell letter to my wife, but I disguise it because I don't want her to be worried, but I want her to know how much I love her. I love our family. We had a daughter on the way. And so I, I just wrote that letter. Like I said, you don't want to miss the rest of Jerry's story, so make sure to subscribe to Testimony on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's my conversation about comedy with Dave Ebert. Actually, before it plays, I should tell those of you that didn't take my advice to listen to the full-length episode first that Dave is devoted to entertainment. He was a professional wrestler and radio host, he produces two podcasts, and He's part of an improv comedy group called Well-Versed Comedy. A big part of his testimony is that before choosing to truly follow Jesus, he felt the need to entertain in order to hide who he really was, mitigate his depression, and find a little bit of value. After following Jesus, though, he entertains to glorify God by trying to help others understand that they have worth and God wants a relationship with them. Okay, with that in mind, here is my conversation about comedy with Dave. Uh, Wolver's Comedy is uh, an improv uh, comedy troupe. Uh, we have a group of 11 Christians from all over Chicagoland. None of us go to the same church. None of us have really other connections outside of the team. So it was truly God-ordained to bring us together. And we do uh, comedy kind of like what they do on Whose Line Is It Anyway, where it's a short-form game. It's based on suggestions. And uh, we just create fun and every show is different because it's based on suggestions uh we have with 11 people you can only have so many people on stage so you always have kind of a different look as far as uh 
you know, the talent each night. So each show is going to be completely different. And it's just fun because I think of God as the ultimate improviser. He walked onto a blank stage, spoke it into existence. Uh, we kind of do that on a much smaller scale. We walk onto a stage and we just speak and an entire universe there on stage starts to happen with people, with places, with reasons for being, with reasons for, um, you know, your point of view. Uh, and we also teach improv. Like I mentioned, I teach improv uh, to ladies that have survived sex trafficking. It's a communication tool as well as a tool to develop the creative mind. Um, so we teach and we perform improv and, and it's a lot of fun and uh, it's, it's useful for ministry too. So it, it's, I think improv is the best comedy because it's never the same. It's always a, a it's always a collaborative effort between the people on stage and the audience because their feedback, their laughter uh, will help guide the story. Can you, what's like your theology of comedy? Well, I believe that laughter and comedy is a gift from God. Uh, I believe that and it, you can't really find definitive scripture to back it up. But I believe that Jesus and a group of 12 mostly roughneck guys, I have to believe that they laughed. I have to believe that they joked on each other. I have to believe that James and John teased Peter you know, for, for losing faith and starting to sink. Oh Lord, help me. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Um, and I have to, I have to believe that they did that because the love and devotion that they had couldn't have all been just because Jesus drilled into them scripture. And this is how you live. This is how you do. There had to be moments of levity. And I think that humor and laughter and sharing the joy is all part of that. Again, it's not necessarily scriptural. It's not necessarily provable. But I think that if you honestly look at the way humans are designed, we're designed to laugh. And if you look at the physical benefits of laughter, you know that it, it's it's a gift. Now, like any gift from God, uh, whether it's sex, whether it's this, that, or the other thing, it can be abused. It can be used for evil purposes. Uh, there's so much humor and laughter and comedy out there that that's just sick and evil and twisted. And it's just like every other gift from God, you can, it can be taken and misused. But I also believe that because of the health benefits, I believe because of that when you have a good belly laugh, when there's something that's truly pure and fun and you can laugh at it, what happens to you physically? You feel better, but also you lift your head back. What do you do when you lift your head back? You're lifting your eyes up to the up to the, the, to the kingdom where God is. You're lifting your eyes up. And, and I think that that's natural. And, and I think that that's why God gave us the gift of laughter, knowing how hard things would be. Uh, Proverbs tells us about, you know, how a light heart uh, is good medicine. Uh, it depends on what translation. Some translations use laughter. Some just say a, a light heart. And a light heart is good medicine. It breaks the monotony. It breaks the power of circumstance. Uh, one of my favorite comedians is Michael Jr. Uh, he's, he gave an interview once where he said, laughter is the tangible evidence of hope. And I was like, wow. But yeah, I, I think that it, it's truly a gift from God. I think that, and I believe that God gave us comedy to make it through the hard times, like 2020, 2021. Um, 
the election cycles, all these different things where there's so much to aggravate us. He gave us laughter so that we can break and remember that there's more than what we see. We had a music leader at our church several years ago. Uh, he said it was, it actually altered our church. Uh, he said, I struggle to pray with people I've never laughed with before. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Like that, that seems like a big idea. He, he didn't even mean to make a great point. It was like in passing almost. And anyway, but we, we've really taken that seriously in our church. Like, you know, asking somebody to go to a small group when they've never laughed with anybody else in the church. Like, that's a big ask. Like, hey, I want you to sit down and discuss your feelings for two hours. Uh, but you've never even joked with these people. Like, that's difficult. So anyway, what you said about the disciples, I I can't imagine that they didn't laugh a lot together. Right. And, and you brought, bring up something that I've noticed in crowds and in comedy. When you're with a group of people, you bring 500 strangers together. If you get them to laugh together, suddenly they're not strangers. Even even if it's momentarily, there's like a connection that happens when people laugh together because there's a vulnerability that happens. You've admitted something about yourself. You've admitted something that you recognize about yourself. And then suddenly you feel like, oh, I'm not alone. There's other people that found that funny. There's other people that recognize that. And so when you have a group of people together, even if they're strangers, even if they're enemies, uh, and I think that's the power of laughter. I think that's the power of bringing people together because you tear down the walls and then they become the fertile soil where a seed can be planted, which is the beauty of comedy. Uh, You open up with a comedy show and then all of a sudden you have somebody come up and give a word or a message. Suddenly there's more fertile soil for that seed to be planted. And it could take root, and you never know what can happen once you are able to tear down the walls and till that soil a little bit. Who are your favorite Christian comedians? Favorite Christian comedians? I um, I really enjoy uh, Michael Jr., who I, I cited earlier. Um, also a, a big fan of Bob Smiley. Uh, he and I are actually friends. I met him, and we actually opened for him a couple years ago right before the pandemic. Uh, Bob Smiley's great. Tim Hawkins is great. Um, you know, those are kind of the big ones. Michael Jr., Bob Smiley, uh, Tim Hawkins. Really enjoy Nazareth because I've met him. He's you know, he's just a genuine soul. He's a genuine person that loves people, loves God. Not in that order, but you know, he's you know he's awesome. And I know I'm leaving people out, but those are kind of the big ones that stick out. Uh, I, I listened to this podcast uh, several years ago where this guy kind of pitched how important uh, improv could be and the, and the tenets of improv for leadership. And like he, he talked about that. And so you may have nothing, but uh, for my own edification, do you have anything to say about the, the connection between improv and leadership? Yeah, I, I think that with improv, you're designed or the, the skills of improv help you read a room and know what is missing or know what direction things need to happen. It also develops a, a desire and a need to collaborate. Too many leaders want to you know just take every burden on themselves. But with improv, you learn to bring a brick and not a cathedral. So you bring the brick. 
and then somebody else brings a brick and eventually you're building something awesome together. Uh, so for leadership, for ministry, um, it teaches the ability to incorporate teamwork and working together and collaborating together. Now that should never replace a leader's position as somebody that says no when the time is right. But more often than not, a leader should be able to delegate, to be able to trust the people they have around them. Because if you surround yourself with people you can't trust, then why are you surrounding yourself with them? So you've chosen people. God has chosen people for you. Trust them. Allow them to help by bringing their own bricks to your brick and see what God can do with all the bricks put together. Before I let you go, I want to read to you a testimony submitted to me by Tracy Crump. She says, I grew up in a very loving, though non-Christian home. When I was 11 years old, I started asking my parents if we could go to church, as some of my friends did. They asked if I wanted to know what they believed, and I said yes. They sat me down and said they were agnostic. The way they explained it was that there might be a God, or there might not be a God, but it didn't really matter much one way or another to them. That didn't make sense to me because I thought there must be a God. Fortunately, they were open to my going to church. So for two years, I walked a block to a nearby church where I attended training union, kind of like Sunday school at night. The couple who taught the class, I kid you not, were named Mr. and Mrs. Angel. I told them I was a Christian. I was a good girl. I didn't get into trouble. So I decided I was a Christian. That's all it took, right? After a while, I fell away from attending as so many kids do who don't have parents who go to church. But I did continue to read my Bible. I was a voracious reader and read the Bible cover to cover twice by the time I was 17. But I still wasn't a Christian because reading the Bible doesn't make you a Christian. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Being a good person doesn't make you a Christian. It wasn't until I was 19 and in nursing school that someone invited me to a crusade. There I heard them say that everyone is a sinner. I'm sure I'd heard it many times, but it finally sank in. Oh yeah, everyone means me. That's when I gave my heart to Jesus. I often say that I have a boring testimony. After all, God didn't save me from a life of crime. I wasn't a drug addict or alcoholic and suddenly become clean and sober. I was a pretty good girl. But let me tell you, there is no more dangerous place to be than believing you're good enough. Not when you're talking about eternity. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And oh yeah, all means me. Thank you for sharing that with us, Tracy. I think your testimony is awesome, not boring. Again, if you want to share your story with us, go to testimonypodcast.com and fill out the form there. Finally, if you want to support this podcast financially, you can make a donation by going to testimonypodcast.com and clicking on the big yellow button. Anything you contribute will be helpful and appreciated. Thanks for listening.